Turn to Genesis 47. We will do Genesis 47 today. We're going to do Genesis 49 next week. And Genesis 50 will be the Sunday after Christmas. And it will wrap up Genesis and the year. And that was the plan. You just didn't know it. There's only 50 chapters in Genesis. And I've preached some of them two weeks. Preached most of them uh, one week, and there'll be 50 sermons total because I was absent for two weeks. I know when I went to Israel, I was gone on Sunday, and I don't remember when the other one was. It was homecoming when Blake preached. So I was here, I wasn't absent. But um, so we had, uh, we've been going through Genesis. We will finish Genesis on the last week of the year. And, and that's by design. We're going to be talking about Christ over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about him today, too. Don't, don't get me wrong. If we can't look at the Old Testament and see him, then we have probably a uh, need to look back at the Old Testament. Um, but Genesis 47, I'm going to read the first 12 verses. That's what we're going to look at today. I'm really going to focus on one major verse that stuck out to me in this and honestly cannot tell you why I feel led to, to talk about this but I guess in the day and time we're in maybe that's what it is but this is what was laid on my heart this week so this is what we're going to talk about so Joseph went and informed Pharaoh my father and my brothers with their flocks and herds and all that they own have come from the land of Canaan and are now in the land of Goshen he took five of his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh and Pharaoh asked his brothers, what is your occupation? They said to Pharaoh, your servants, both we and our fathers, are shepherds. And they said to Pharaoh, we have come to stay in the land for a while because there is no grazing land for your servants' sheep since the famine in the land of Canaan has been severe. So now please let your servants settle in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, now that your father and brothers have come to you, the land of Egypt is open before you. Settle your father and brothers in the best part of the land. They can live in the land of Goshen. If you know any of any capable men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Joseph then brought his father Jacob and presented him to Pharaoh and said, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, how many years have you lived? Jacob said to Pharaoh, my pilgrimage has lasted 130 years. My years have been few and hard. And they have not reached the years of my fathers during their pilgrimages. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh and departed from Pharaoh's presence. Then Joseph settled his father and brothers in the land of Egypt, gave them property in the best part of the land of Ramses as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided his father and his brothers and all of his father's family with food for their dependents. This is the word of the Lord. Karen beats me to it every time. I want to focus on verse 3. There's a statement in verse 3, a question that Pharaoh asked 
Joseph's brothers. He says, what is your occupation? I want to focus on those four words today. And honestly, not 100% sure why we're going here other than this is where the Lord led me. Maybe it's all because of what's taken place over the last few weeks. But maybe it's me that needs to hear this more than any. But I'm going to just preach about it for a moment. What is your occupation? The question that was asked here. How many of you remember the Beverly Hillbillies? All right, at least all the hands went up. Okay, so Granny Clampett. You two don't? You don't remember? Oh, okay. I mean, you guys are young. I mean, it was years ago. I get it. Uh, Granny Clampett. Everybody's favorite, right? I know she's Tammy. Um, but, you know, she had this to say about, remember what she said about Leaf Crick? Anybody remember? Okay. Then I'm going to tell you. He's the only one I know who can get up in the morning with nothing to do, and at the end of the day, he's only half done. Remember that? You do? Good, you're the only one besides me. I had to look it up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, I remember that. It stuck out to me. I remember watching the Beverly Hillbillies growing up. No, I'm not old enough to remember them originally. So I'm, I'm with you. You are? I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but in Matthew 29.3, I want to flip over to Matthew chapter 29 for just a moment. Matthew 29 verse 3, there's some key words. Um, not Matthew 29.3. Why do I have that written down? It's not Matthew 29. There's only 28 chapters in Matthew. That's my fault. I put 29. I didn't mean to put 29. I'm guessing I meant 19. If not, I won't read the verse. I'll just say something. No, it's not there either. All right, well, I don't remember what I meant to write down. My notes, I have Matthew 29.3 written down. Uh, Maybe. We'll, we'll go there and see. I, I honestly have no idea. I didn't plan for this. No, that's not it either. Okay, let's just, it's not Matthew. In fact, I don't remember where the verse is. It's not 293 either, I can tell you that. Um, I, I don't think it was meant to be 29. I think it might have been 26. Hold on. It would be good if I remembered this, but I looked it up. Um, I don't know that there's a key word necessarily. Um, it was not that far back. Uh, da, 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 uh, uh. Um... about idleness. I just can't remember. In Matthew, we find the word. Okay, in Matthew, we find the word idle used in a verse that I can't remember right now off the top of my head. And in my notes, I wrote it down as 29.3. That is not correct. There's 28 chapters in Matthew. Thanks for coming. But there's this word idle. And we know what idleness is, right? And I apologize that I got the reference wrong. I'll look it up. I'll get it right. I'll make sure that we get it right. And I'll tell everybody uh, tonight or next week or whenever. But we find the word idle used. In the Greek, it is rendered as a man without work. A man without work. 
And so I ask you today, I mean, we're all friends here, right? So, so let me ask you, friends. Each and every one of us have work to do for the kingdom of God, right? I mean, is that not what we've been talking about over the last year, over the last couple years? We find even that in the Garden of Eden before the fall, Adam was asked to labor to take care of the garden. That's ultimately the, the first thing that he was inclined to do. He was given the command to work. To be active. To not be idle. And see, Adam was given work to do. Following the first sin, when Adam was driven from the garden, God said, from the sweat of your brow will you work the land. From the sweat of your brow will you work the land. So here we are. We're looking at all of this about idleness. And, and, and idleness is a bad thing in some and in many ways, actually. But as we look at this and we look at the results of the sin of idleness, that's what I want to talk about today. I find that question very intriguing that Pharaoh asks Joseph's brothers, what is your occupation? What do you do? We ask that question a lot today. We want to know what people do. We don't want to hear that they sit at home and do nothing. We don't want to hear. Let me just ask you that society today, the people that you know, the people that you come across, when you ask someone what they do for a living, and their answer is, well, I don't really do this, I don't really do that, I don't really, that's why I have such a problem with this new title, influencer. These are people that literally sit at home and put their videos on, online all day, and people sit at home and watch them all day. And those people make millions of dollars for doing that. They sit at home and do nothing. Now, they might be active in certain areas or whatever, but there's a lot of people today that are making money doing nothing. And it's bothersome to me. Not because they're making money. I could care less about money. That's not the problem. It's the fact that they're literally doing nothing. This is where we are in a society today is we'd rather get paid to do nothing then go find a job. We'd rather get paid to do nothing. The things that we always do, well, let's just turn a camera on and, and now we'll video us doing nothing and we'll make money doing it. So anybody wants to join me in that, we're, we'll start a trend or something. We'll do a TikTok trend at the church. You know, see if we can't get some offerings up or something because of it, right? No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. First, let me say this. It was a good question that Pharaoh asked and, the follow, and this is for the reason why, that I think it was a good question. When strangers came into the land, Pharaoh wanted to find out who they were. Pharaoh, being the ruler of the land, he wanted to know who they were. He wanted to find out if they had a trade to contribute to the kingdom or if they were going to be a burden to the kingdom. See, Pharaoh was all about welcoming Joseph's brothers and his family in, but they weren't Joseph. And you recognize that in the way that he asked the question, not because... Joseph was idle. He didn't see anything in Joseph that would make him think his brothers were idle. But he asked the question, what is your occupation? What does he do next? He says, take care of my livestock. Appoint a couple of them to take care of my livestock. In other words, what Pharaoh is asking about, he doesn't want to keep up someone that's not willing to work to be kept up. And I think that that's a really good thing for us to embrace today. 
Unfortunately, that's what we're starting to see in society today, is that we're working to keep up people that aren't willing to work to keep up. There's a problem with that. Idleness is defined as when a man is unemployed or when a man does not do what he is supposed to do. God appoints each of us work to do for the day. Each of us have been given a task by God each day. When you wake up, it's your responsibility to ask for it. You ask him what to show you. You ask him to show you who you can bless that day, what you can do that day. See, here's the thing. You are idle if you are not working. You are considered as being idle if you're not doing everything that you ought to do. And there are far too many who are extremely busy in life doing very little. Now, before we qualify this, and we start going through our minds trying to figure out, well, there's a lot of busy work out there, but people are not really accomplishing anything. You're 100% right. I'm not necessarily talking about just in our physical jobs or just in our physical labor. I mean, honestly, you might work a 12-hour shift at Baxter's and, and pack however many bags, and you may feel like you accomplished nothing at the end of the day other than just doing whatever, you know? But you've accomplished your job. I'm not talking about our physical job. See, I might sit and record 15 different things at the end of the day, but really, what have I done? It's not about, if I'm accomplishing my job, then fine. But we all have a job in the kingdom of heaven. And if we're not accomplishing the task for that, what do you do with your downtime? What do you do with the time that surrounds it? What do you do while you're working? See, there's a difference in part of this conversation. There's a difference in this. You may have a job, but while you're on that job, are you talking about the Lord? Are you exemplifying Him? Are you showing people who He is in your life? When you're not on the job, when you're in your idle time, your downtime, whatever you may want to call it, what are the things you're putting in? What are the things people see? What are the things you're doing? How are you responding? To being called to do those things. Second Thessalonians 3.11 tells us there are many among you which work not at all but are busybodies. There are many among you that work not at all but are busybodies. If I go to Second Thessalonians chapter 3. It's, it's really uh, interesting. Um, I turned to Timothy for some reason. Um says, we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies, is the way the verse reads. Now, what he's talking about here is this irresponsible behavior. What Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church is there's this irresponsible behavior. He says, now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. In other words, they're commanding the idle people to stay silent and to just, if that's what they're going to do, work for yourself and leave it alone. But the work we are doing is not for ourselves. See, I think there's something hidden in the message that Paul shares with the Thessalonians there. He says, there are many among you who are not busy, but busy bodies. They look like they're doing the work. They're going about doing a lot for nothing. There are people in this world doing a lot for nothing. It's idle jobs. It's idleness. This, I mean, let's be responsible here. 
Let's talk about these things. Athletes, there are many athletes who do not know the Lord. There are some who do. The work they're doing for the kingdom is much more important than the game they're playing. They get paid to play a game. I'm not coming against them. I love sports. I love I love to watch. I love to coach. I love to, I love to play when I could. But the reality of it simply is there's still this idea, you know, you can be who you are around the other things you're doing in life. If you have a job, you can still be the Christian that you are. There's being busy and then there's being a busy body. Being a busy body is simply keeping yourself working, keeping yourself, you know, busy to make sure that you don't have to do anything else. And I'm, I mean, I've been guilty of that in the past. I've felt convicted about that in the past where I've sat and I've done and I've, I've worked myself to death over things, but at the end of the day, did I accomplish anything for the kingdom? The reality is, is that maybe I didn't. Maybe I felt conviction over that. Maybe I felt like the Lord had convicted my heart over it. But there's this sin of idleness. Idleness goes against God's intent. It goes against God's intent. God made man to work. He made man for labor. That was the first thing he did. He put Adam in charge in the Garden of Eden. And he said, work. He said, tend my garden. He said, come in and do this thing. Let's see what happens. So he brings him in. Even in the Garden of Eden, when man was innocent of sin, he was given a task. We were intended to work. Now, I'm not making a political statement here. I'm not trying to run along political lines with this conversation. I'm opening the Word, and I'm reading what the Word says, and I'm studying it, and I'm looking at the things, and idleness is a sin, and it needs to be addressed. What are you doing for the kingdom of God today? He created a perfect garden and he put a man in it to work it. Because without the work, what would happen? So we have this man. God never intended for Adam to just sit back in a hammock. God never intended for Adam to just rest and sip iced tea and take life easy. God never intended for anyone to just take life off and sit around and do nothing. He intended for Adam to get out and work. He intended for him to put his work in. He didn't necessarily intend for him to just sit back. Idleness is a sin against nature. Now understand when I say this, I'm trying to be very careful about how I say it. There's some who cannot do the things that others can do. That's fine. You still have a job you can do. Ask the Lord to reveal that to you. If your health, if your if, if something keeps you from doing those things, ask the Lord to reveal what you can do. He has a task for you every morning. He, awake, he awakens you new with mercies every morning, and he gives you a task. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Idleness is a sin against nature. When God spoke the world into existence, the lights of the heavenly bodies, the wind, the waves, the planets were above all set in motion, and they still continue to move. They are not idle. Have you thought about that? Have you actually thought about how beautiful that is? The planets revolve around the sun. The sun moves. The whole, the whole solar system moves. We're not in the same place we were this time last year. 
The whole system is, is a homer. Sorry. I brought a lot of water today for that purpose. Um, but the whole planet system, the trees, I mean, very rarely will you look at trees and they're sitting still. Very rarely will you look around and you see things and, and they're sitting still. They move. We move. It's intended that things move. They work. The creatures of this earth, such as the ant and the bee, are continually busy. They're continually working. Now, they may hibernate, but they're busy. They're storing up for the time they do. There's things that we look at in all of this, and we've got to understand God did not create a world to sit idle. We can't sit idle and reach the accomplishments that are set before us. These creatures, along with many others that God has made, testify against the idleness, and it calls all of nature to action. And idleness puts the family of God out of order. If we sit idle, it puts things out of order. It's not what God intended for us. See, I think we all agree that this world and all that God has created are His family. God has appointed all men to have some work in His family if one is idle, then he is out of order and he hinders the progress of others. And this is where we are in society today. Again, not a political statement, but a statement of fact. There are so many people that are willing to sit idly by and make money here and make money there and do this and do that and try not to do anything productive that it's putting everybody else in a different place. It's putting people off. It's causing a lot of problems. Why is it causing a lot of problems? Well, reality speaking, you're literally thinking about a fact that these people are sitting by and their intent was not to sit idly by. So now their families don't have the money. They can't make it. So this is where drugs, alcohol, theft, all these different other sins come in because, well, i got to get it somehow so I can sit idly by and do nothing. No, the reality is First Thessalonians, or I go back a chapter, or back a book actually. Go back to First Thessalonians chapter 5. Flip over to verse 14. It says, we exhort you brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle. Comfort the discouraged. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. What does he mean by warn those who are idle? Well, if we flip down to the, to the little commentary down here those who are disorderly or are undisciplined so what is say what was the saying he's saying warn those who are idle who are disorderly who are undisciplined who don't practice good practice the ones that are not putting the effort in those are the ones that we need to be warned against today that we need to warn and warn them against the things of the Lord. We've got to be careful today. We've got to be careful today. Idleness is the breeding ground for temptations. This is the next thing. Idleness is the breeding ground for temptations. Idle minds and hands are the devil's workshop. When, when we get idle in these things, it is said that an unemployed man is like a city without a wall or a gate. A place where an enemy can come and go as he pleases. See, we've got to understand an idle man is like a ship 
which is empty. An idle man is not someone who is intended to be doing what he's doing. An idle man is, like I said, like a ship that is empty. Anyone who enters the vessel can put anything in it that they want. You understand why you can't be idle? Do you get what that says? When the ship is empty, anybody can come on board and place something on it. If you're idle, you're like an empty ship. You're open to everything that could come your way. You're open to the things of this world, the things you watch on TV, those get put in the ship. You, you, you read a book that's not necessarily this book and it's got some vulgar ideas in it. Well, those get put into the ship. You start hearing the ideas of the politicians and, and the people, the athletes, the, the, the idols. It's kind of funny that you get to hear them a lot more when you're idle. I-D-L-E instead of I-D-O-L, but they're the same thing. Think about it. All these things get put into the ship. And eventually you start hearing and, and you start listening and you start putting these things in. Well, what's the old cliche statement? What comes in must go out, right? What goes in must come out. You are what you eat. I'm not talking about food. And I don't think that's what that statement ever meant. No, you're not a hamburger because you eat a hamburger. But you are the things that you ingest. Spiritually speaking, you become the things that you spend the most time around. The fifth thing I want to talk about, I mean, let's just say this. Those that are not doing God's work are most susceptible to doing what the devil wants. The fifth thing is idleness is one of our most dangerous enemies. Standing water stagnates the quickest, right? If water is not moving, it becomes stale. How many times have you noticed that? You, you get that stench when you walk up on a, a bog or something like where mud has been for a few days and it just starts to stink. You get that stench of idle water. See, among the sins of the Sodomites was an abundance of idleness, lust. They go hand in hand. In, nothing, in doing nothing, men learn to sin. Six, idleness is a waste of time. We've been given time to glorify God. Now that doesn't mean that when we sleep and when we rest, it's idleness. But we've got plenty of time to be idle before that, right? We've been given time to glorify God and to work out our salvation and to settle the things with the Lord that we need to settle. The idle person squanders every bit of that. Because when we have those moments that the Lord gives us, that we can sit and reflect in Him, we reflect on the day, we read His Word, we study, and we choose to be idle. We choose to do something different. We choose to just pass the time. And this is where it's going to step on all the toes. Because it steps on mine. How many of you just sit down, turn on the television, and forget about everything else for a few moments. How many of you just sit down and it doesn't even matter what's on? It doesn't even matter. You just turned it on. I just needed some noise. I'm guilty. I just needed some, I just needed the noise today. Yeah, but what is that noise? Is it wholesome? I mean, what are you putting in? Because if you're sitting idle, you're like a ship that is empty waiting for those things to be loaded. 
But when you fill that idleness with reading the scripture, listening to the word, if you need noise, listen to the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to put, you know, spend time, but make sure that your mind's not sitting idle, just taking it all in. Yeah, there's days we need to decompress. Decompress through prayer. Decompress through reading the word. Decompress by spending some time with the Father. I mean, that's the best way to do it. All honesty. We are admonished to redeem the time. The scripture talks about us redeeming the time that we have, the time that we've been given, the things that we face in life. I mean, just this past week, I had to fight some of this in some ways. I, I, I took some time just to spend, you know, relaxing and, and, and not spending it so busybody as I have been for the last 10 years with the job that I have. But what I also found myself doing was, I can't sit here like this. I can't do this. This is idleness. This is something I've got to get up and get out and do. Idleness will bring us to sin. It will bring us to a place where temptation can take over because of the things that this world is constantly pouring out. If we're constantly sitting idly and taking it in, it's only going to destroy us. So I ask you again the question that was asked of Joseph. What is your occupation? What is your occupation? When it comes to the kingdom of God, what is your occupation? And if you don't know that, you need to ask. You need to seek the Lord. You need to seek His counsel in your life to find out what your occupation is. But I simply present it to you this way. This way. What is your occupation? And are you working? Or are you idle? That's not a question I can answer for you. That's a question only you can answer. Are you working or are you idle? Are you working? Are you contributor? Are you contributing to the fact? Are you? I had to look up the one word that I really wanted to say. Are you contributing to the kingdom? Are you doing the work that he's asked you to do? You could be busy or you could be a busy body. You could get busy doing the Lord's work or you could just look busy so that everybody else thinks you're doing such a mighty work for the Lord. But in reality, you're not doing anything. You're sitting on the sidelines. You're saying, I'm not going to tend the garden. I'm just going to kind of sit back and lay in my hammock and drink sweet tea. It doesn't sound too bad sometimes, does it? Well, we give up on the world because, well, the world doesn't want to know the Lord. Well, maybe it's because they never met him. Maybe they haven't really seen the real Jesus. And maybe that's where you come. Maybe that's your job. Maybe that's the job God laid on your heart this morning. Whatever it might be, ask Him. Ask the Lord to reveal to you the job He has for you, and He will. But I encourage you today, just like Joseph's brothers, we find out later they didn't sit idly by. In fact, Pharaoh found so much favor in Joseph's brothers that they ended up getting all the best land. He gave them the land of Ramses, which was the best of all of Egypt. He gave them that, and he said, please just keep my livestock here. Now, later in chapter 48, which we won't really go into, chapter 48, or actually later, I think, in 47 and into 48, um, 47, you find out that Pharaoh does finally come in and take the land, and I think they end up as slaves. 48, you end up with Jacob starting to say his final remarks to the family, and that's what we're going to look at in 49. Excuse me. But what we're looking at in all of this, what we're reflecting on in all of this, 
is the simple fact of before we get to the next two chapters we're going to look at in Genesis, we need to know the answer to this question. What is your occupation? And are you a contributor? Are you idle? The answer to that second question is vitally important for you understanding your place in the kingdom of God. Because if you're not a contributor to the kingdom and you're just sitting idly by, then you're probably not part of the kingdom. Because their idleness is a sin. It is, it's causing you to have grief in your life. There's things that if we're not answering the call of God in our hearts, then we're not bringing others. We, you have grief for others in your life? Don't be idle. If, if somebody's on your heart because they don't know the Lord, then do your best to show the Lord to them. Even if they reject it, at least you're working and you're trying and you're doing the best you can to lead them where they need to be. So as we close today, if, if you've been coming to that place, if you've gotten... Thank you for joining us for our services here on the Newland Christian Church Daily Devotional Podcast. This is our weekend service. You are welcome to join us. We have Sunday school at 10 a.m., service at 11 on Sunday mornings. Sunday evenings, we meet at 6 p.m., and on Wednesday evenings, we meet at 6 p.m. Every service is also streamed live on our Facebook page. You can get more information about Newland Christian Church at newlandchristianchurch.com or facebook.com slash newlandchristianchurch. Hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.